Okay, and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com and also happy to give a mention out to our latest sponsor and all the way up until the Cheltenham Festival and that's the fellas at bethard.com. So all are welcome. Thanks for listening. It's me, Dean Ryan. I am in gambling.com towers and I have Dermot Nolan here. Demo, you're back. Uh, how's the uh, the mouth? All good, Dean. Uh, big shout out to mydental.ie for the... Uh... For the great job they did. On, oh, man, on, we've turned on. into some corporate lackey thing here. Okay, yeah, big shout out to them. Very good. On my wisdom too. Uh, I paid in full though, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, it was all good, Dean. And uh, I'm back to talk crap again. Absolutely. Well, make, make sure you send them a little note to say they got a shout out. You might get some money back. Paddy Aspo <laughs> is here. Paddy Aspo is here as well. Paddy. How are you, lads? All good. Did you enjoy the Dublin Racing Festival? Really enjoyed it. Um, I was working both days, but um, you know I was working down in Leeds, so I got to watch every single race. Uh, both Very days. Good. Obviously disappointed with with the the way the ground went on Sunday, but it didn't take away from any of the action because although we had we didn't have the 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 quantity, we you know we had the quality and some great finishes. Well, we certainly did. I know the fields were depleted, as you say, but we got some amazing finishes, like to that Irish Gold Cup that went right to the wire. And of course, I think, Paddy, one of your main fancies of the, of the weekend, Aramon against Classical Dream, that was some finish as well. We were treated to some great racing. We're going to, in you know traditional fashion on the race hour, cover the weekend that was, and that's where we'll get started. After that, though, we will take a look at some of the big races coming up this weekend on Saturday, likes of the Denman Chase, of course, going to post at Newbury and the Betfair Hurdle. Uh, Kalashnikov is back out um, also at Warwick in the Kingmaker. And then we'll have a look at what the best bets of the weekend are. And then we will wrap up today's podcast with a look at the Cheltenham Gold Cup from an anti-post perspective. Okay, so Dermo, Paddy, myself, let's get cracking with a review of the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, why don't we start with probably the apple of uh, Paddy's eye at the minute, Apple's Jade. Terrible link, I know. But at the same time, Paddy, we were on this podcast just a couple of weeks ago and you were waxing lyrical about the way that Apple's Jade seems to have turned inside out this season and got even better than she already was and that they should go for a champion hurdle. Uh, your prayers have been answered. Yeah, I mean, uh, as soon as I watched that race the other day, I thought that surely Connections, you know, were going to have their arm twisted on off the back of that performance because, you know, I mean, like we did mention as far as grade ones go, it probably wasn't the deepest and, um, sure. You know, but still, nonetheless, she didn't look like a three miler reverting back to two miles in any it, it, for one stride of the race. You know, because the way she travelled and hurdled, there was none of this jumping out to the right. And just to be honest, Dean, in herself, in her skin, she just looks absolutely, you know, unbelievably well. Um, you know, say for the time of year it is, it's hard to have horses looking as well as that, but. You know, yeah. like I mentioned in, in my article as well the other day, I mean, whatever they have altered, maybe they've done nothing. It's Things are just happening for her, but it looks to me like they have tweaked a few things and, you know, it's 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 really got things happening for this mare now. And we've got to remember that she's only seven. And when I looked the other day, um, I think, you know, we are still just a little bit sore that she got beat at Cheltenham at one to two. Um, last year, so we sort of we knock our Cheltenham record, but her Cheltenham record is actually very good, really. Sure. You know, um, to say she's she's been to the last three festivals, she's running real well each time. Um, it's just that, uh, you know, at, at her price, she she burned a few fingers the, the last year, but you know, she did. And the issue there, Paddy, seemed to be that she goes in and out of season quite 
you know, difficult for them to to maybe get the timing of that right. And if, if, if they have sorted that out, I don't know how they even go about sorting that out, Paddy. Maybe you can give us a bit of insight there. If she goes into season or out of season and it affects the way she runs, we could be in the same boat come March time could we exactly so then it's out of everybody's hands really uh, because that's yeah. that's down to nature so there's not a lot we can do but I mean <clears throat> just to produce a performance like that off the back of you know been campaigning at two and a half and three mile and hadn't actually tackled that trip since that fight in 15 2016 just for, yeah. just you know phenomenal I know she wasn't meeting any any new faces she was coming coming up against her all her old rivals the other day but still nonetheless I mean she's ended up winning by 16 lengths and you know she she, she wasn't stopping in any shape or form no, and I think that makes like her aggregate for the season close to around 100 lengths, the way she's just been beating anything that turns up against her. Uh, Demo, I mean, she's in there now almost vying for favouritism against Bouvardier. We also saw at the weekend. Now, he didn't have to do too much. Apple Jades, you, you'd have to say, had to do more to win her Irish champion hurdle. Um, would you put her in, in the Bouvardier bracket now that we have had some questions answered? We're all cra- I was crabbing anyway, the fight in fifth form and the defeat behind Rashan. But now, you know, Super Sunday's a good yardstick. You'd have to think Mellon didn't run its race. Where do you stand on Apples, Jake? I stand on the point of view that I agree with everything Paddy said. I mean, maybe going quicker has stopped that uh, slight movement to the right that, that she's definitely been doing, or at least it was less pronounced. If you watch it back, she's still doing it, but it's, it's just not to any degree like it was. Uh, there is the potential there that just her being taken somewhat off her own feet by going that speed that she's kind of straightened herself up. And look, they've come to the right decision. Uh, she, she has to run in the champion hurdle. She just has to. And it's as simple as that. But I... I'm still keen enough to take her on in in the champion herd, where she could just be be one of these horses that just keeps beating me. But as far as that race goes, I mean, this is the second year in a row now Mellon hasn't turned up in that race. Last year he was woeful, much worse. Uh, Super Sunday was beaten out of the way by Sharjah. That form corresponds to saying that you know Sharjah now all of a sudden will will have to be a proper proper champion herd contender. And a line through Sharjah isn't a champion hurdle winner for me and. Whilst the, the case against Apples Jade is getting more and more flimsy as the weeks go on, uh, she's just not a horse that I'm massively keen on. And I think Boover there, he's been there, he's done it. Apples Jade, that slight chink in her armour of still slightly jumping to her right, Cheltenham won't forgive that. And it can, as I said in my piece during the week, that he can come across as being picky to pick on something like that. But we're not talking about grade twos here. We're talking about the a Cheltenham champion hurdle with Boover there, with Lorena, with horses potentially like Espar Dallin, who they just won't let you away with that. And unfortunately, nothing could lay up with Apple's Jade. So look, it was 10 out of 10, fair play to her. But uh, I think in March, I'll still be taking her on. Okay, I think I will too. And I think unless you took Paddy's advice here a couple of weeks ago and uh, and got involved with Apple's Jade at the prices that she was then, then we're talking double figures because it was so convincing the cases made by connections that she's going for the mares and she'll stick to the mares and you run in the race you can win. They've had their head turned now, but at nine to four, whatever the best price is out there about Apple's Jade, um, that just looks ultra, ultra skinny. I went and see the vibes on the day, but I don't even think I'd back her you know, kind of the arena prices, which are out there around fives. Interesting position to be in. We do have the champion hurdle that perhaps we're all clambering for. So we're going to get that, which is great, great news. Let's talk about um, a couple of the other winners over the Dublin Racing Festival. Um, I might move on to Sir Eric because I think this is an interesting um, animal that perhaps I think Dermo, myself and you were talking off air, this horse will probably still be campaigning at the very, very top level on the flat. If it wasn't 
uh, moved from Aidan O'Brien to Joseph O'Brien. Uh, what did you make of Sir Eric's performance? And now it's a very tight favourite for a triumph. Yeah, six to four. And to be honest, I, I, I can see why. I mean, Fakir Dodoras went over to the UK uh, to run on uh, two weekends ago and absolutely devoured them over there. And all the word afterwards was there was, well, obviously they're big fans of that horse. And actually just on a sidebar, that, that horse has been bought by, uh, by Jamie McManus as well. Um, that Sir Eric was absolutely beating him up and down the run. And I think uh, Stephen Cass was saying pretty much the same thing last week as well. And the vibes about Sir Eric have been so warm all season, but just they could only be warmer after that. I understand the race somewhat fell apart. You could see Tiger Tap Tap definitely didn't enjoy the ground and was boxed in. I think that horse is a lot better than it showed there. Gardens of Babylon in second and Sorundo still leave that race with a fair bit of decency in it and that they're the right two to finish second and third considering the form in Ireland. England's juveniles just aren't good enough. I think Packer Dodora has fairly smacked them all into, into arrears and he's just, he's the clear best. I know he's 6-4. to four. I, I couldn't touch 6-4, to four, obviously, anti-post, but if he was that price on the day, Dean, I'd be getting stuck in. It was just how clean he hurdled. The fact that Mark Walsh was so comfortable the whole way around and the jump at the last was just be- a beautiful hurdle. Uh, it, it really was. And he's um, he's a cracking horse, Dean. And the sky is the limit for him, for a trainer who's kind of starting to put together a yard that is looking like he can take on Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott now on the big days all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see exactly where you're coming from with that. I mean, looks the full package, Paddy. I was a bit concerned at that race, the Spring Juvenile is what we're talking about, of course, with Sir Eric. Um, just, well, it fell apart because of a few non-runners, but it also fell apart in the way the race was run, I thought. A uh, very clever ride from the front by by Mark Walsh. And that kind of just left everyone else picking up pieces rather than maybe challenging him for a win. Not that they probably would have got there, but at the same time, I would have liked to have seen him have something to eye for. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, the, he's just such a professional horse to say he hasn't had, you know, it's not like he, he he's had stacks of runs on the flat and he'd only had the one go over hurdles for a horse with such low mileage. He is very professional. And so, you know, it, it looked like Mark Walsh and Joseph O'Brien had no qualms about letting this horse bowl along the other day. And I mean, once once he jumped two hurdles the other day, for me, it was it was, it was was an event it was over because such a, such a class horse yeah. like that the way he, he he goes about his job Barry ended up on the floor they weren't going to reel him in off such an easy lead and um, I mean the thing is it was just a messy race because really once they jumped the second last that's where they've got racing from uh, properly and all it was a case of was well who's actually going to be second to Sir Eric because they weren't going to reel him back in and then typical Irish racing you know they, they absolutely murder each other or all over each other going to the last I mean you, you read the in running comments I mean nearly every horse in behind not much room not much room you know it was a disaster of a race really and Gardens of Babylon is the only is the, is the one who stayed on for second because he swooped down the outside with, with, with a clear passage the rest of the boys were, were all in yeah. on top of each other you know fighting over 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 two inches of room you know whereas Tiger Tap Tap Ruby was a passenger he, he, he couldn't move um, so there was nowhere to go and he's not an over big horse he can't he couldn't bully his way out um, it was it was a disappointing result but at the end of the day that's not Sir Eric's fault all he can do is go and do his job and jump the, the flights of hurdles that are in front of him um, I agree with Dermo he's got a lovely technique he's very straightforward and you know for a horse that, that is off the flat he doesn't lack size or scope so you know he's, he's Joseph O'Brien has, has got, a, got a proper team together and 
Gardens of Babylon, you know, he's no back number. Actually, Joseph said when he interviewed afterwards that, you know, he's, he's starting to look like a horse that probably even wants two and a half now because he didn't really travel that well the other day, but at least he finished off okay. Yeah, I think there's races to be won still with Gardens of Babylon and also the third Sue in there. We mentioned Tiger Tap Tap. A few hard luck stories in there. Perhaps the winner, you know, gone and had it all his own way, but he looks the real deal and is now short for the Triumph Hurdle. So professional Joseph O'Brien building up a nice squad and that one's going to be one of his leading fancies, of course, at the Cheltenham Festival. Should we jump back to Saturday and the Dublin chase? We didn't get perhaps the matchup we wanted with Min against Footpad and we, we also lost Simply Ned, who was obviously a track specialist and, and would have you would have thought given Min something to think about but Min when I did that very well Demma yeah Min was imperious um, really really good now I, I still struggle myself to see um, Altior being being overly worried but again Min is the only horse who really made Altior think in his whole career and um, Duvan probably would have last year but it's still just the case that Min's the one that is getting the closest Min's the one that's getting Altior to to sweat a small bit and you nearly feel sorry for a horse like Min you know uh, it's like a celebration bumping into Frankel and that if Altair wasn't around we'd be talking about Min being a two time two time festival winner and he would have been well clear in both of them from doing so and beating Bouverdere in one of them as well oh, yeah. um, it, he's just one of those horses but look he's been a terrific earner for connections he's a really classy animal and we're just we're very lucky to have as good a mark for Altior for the last few years. Now, that's not saying that, you know, something might happen and Min might win the champion chase because he's more than deserving to do so. But, you know, Sprinter Sacra had sizing Europe in that race to kind of judge him off. And Altior has Min uh, from last year. And it's um, it just shows how good a horse Altior is. And indeed, Min is. And uh, I'd love to see Min win a proper big, big race like the champion chase. But unfortunately, Altior's around and he's not going anywhere, is he? No, he isn't. And I think you make a really good point. Like he does kind of stamp Altior's authority by him continuing to take him on and beating everything else when Altior doesn't turn up. So it's a very good point. Paddy, do you think maybe, you know, I don't know if, if you were ever involved with a horse like that and you keep bumping into the same one and getting turned over. I mean, the Ryanair's there. The Ryanair is probably there for the taking for a yeah, horse like that. I mean, for me, it's probably the option they'll take, to be honest, because... Do you think they might just sidestep Altior this year? I always thought they would, but they after seem the race, to be yeah, convinced no. they can... All the interviews afterwards anyway, they seemed keen on taking him on again. We go again, we go again, we take yeah. him on. It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? I mean, it must be desperately frustrating. I think Ruby, Ruby um, compared it the other day. I'm trying to think what the horse he was. He said he's he was just like... Um, oh, he compared him to John Joe Neal's horse. Um, do you know the Ogden horse? Oh, behind Cadus, behind behind... Um, yeah. Exotic dancer. He, he, exotic he said dancer, that Min yeah. is yeah. another exotic dancer, whereas he just, you know, he was a very, very high class horse and he was just unfortunate to be around the same time as, as Kato Star, you know. Um he put them in the same bracket. But I mean, yeah, it, it was disappointing obviously the, the the turnout we had the other day, but you know, he's He's a serious horse on Leopard Sound. I mean, he still remains unbeaten. But, you know, the fact that, you know, we had fences out and it was a little bit unsatisfactory and we didn't really learn a lot, you know, but he got it clear round and, um, you know, it's it's just another another stepping stone. But it, it, was one of the, it was one of the less informative events of the weekend. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. He just went and did his job. It was actually my podcast nap, and I feel smartly embarrassed. <laughs> uh, he was six to four when we recorded. I, I, I'll throw that in. Um, okay, so what about Larishberg, who followed that race in the Frank Ward Solicitor's article? Um, I was only looking back at this today because I knew, obviously, we'd be talking about success over at the Dublin Racing Festival. It's been on the go forever. This horse has been running since September. And before that, I mean, he's now you know, top of the market for the Arkle. Um, there's some decent horses around the UK. Is that going to count against him, Paddy, you think, going into Cheltenham Festival? Just, I mean, he hasn't really had a couple of months off. Yeah, they never get he's, it. he's a strange little horse, isn't he? I mean, I hadn't actually seen him in the flesh um, up until, or, you know, I hadn't seen much of him up until the other day, but I was so, so impressed with him. I really was because he's nothing flash to look at. He's not a big monster of a horse. But, you know, Mark Walsh lined up. He went right round the inside the other day. But just the way he fenced, you know, this horse has only had, you know, I mean, he's only had the five starts over fences now. But he's just so good. He's so accurate. He doesn't tackle fences from outside the wings, but he just saves energy, pops. He's, he's always in Mark Walsh's hands whenever he needs him. And, you know, I, I, for a few strides, he looked like he was brave the other day going up. Paul Townend's inside because you know Paul Townend was was still on the scene and and you know on, on Vida Rev and you know he, he was he was still in there with a shout but the fact of the matter is he knew uh, for me Mark Walsh on the Richburg he knew that even if Townend tightened him right up that he would his horse would be clever enough to 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 find a leg whereas it ended up the Mullins horse ended up on the floor because he probably took his eye off the fence with Larish Borg coming up beside him. His jumping is just so quick and good and when it comes down to it, you know, in 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 a fast run two mile, that's what he's gonna need at, at Cheltenham is quick feet. Um to get himself out of trouble and I mean the time of that race lads was unbelievable um, you know to say that, that I know the ground was starting to tighten up at the time but it was a very fast time and I was just absolutely sick that you can't bet with the bookies about a horse getting round or not because I did tell you that knock the noose wouldn't get round <laughs> he he was he a one way ticket and as soon as I seen Paul Townend eyeballing him at the start I'm sure Paul Townend knew the same as well he thought this horse has got a serious hole in him as far as jumping goes and all he had to do he knew if he popped out upside him that his rev counter would be off the scale and he'd end up on the floor um and as soon as I seen him running down to that downhill fence and, and the choke was well out, I thought I knew it was only one way ticket. But I was glad to see Jamie and Andy Hurst get up off the floor. But, you know, because the two lads set off like that, it was a truly run event. And I thought, although we didn't end up with, with uh, many finishers, it was a pretty decent trial. Tim, what do you make of Lurichberg? I mean, as Paddy says, looks like a very professional jumper. That probably comes down to the fact that I was mentioning this horse has been on the go and getting plenty of practice. They did the race in the same time as Min uh, when I won the Dublin chase, the race just before, which is always a nice pointer when you're looking at novices go and do what, you know, an established horse like Min can do. Um, he's short now for the Arkle. He is short for the Arkle, Dean, but when you look at the actual field itself for the Arkle, he, he deserves to be favourite. I mean, it's, you know, you've got Lawler in second, mm -hmm. who I know was brilliant. Cheltenham but I I really liked him that day but that race just the rest of them went brain dead and he kind of picked up the pieces late on and kind of was probably flattered really with with the amount he won by Kalashnikov second in one of the worst Supremes I think we'll have over the next few years and hasn't jumped the fence properly at all really for me Dynamite Dollars is a likeable horse jumps well but you'd have to think something else is going to find an issue there I mean the only one I see that 
is potentially going to put it up to to Lerichburg property is is Silas Emery as good as Lawler could be. I mean, I'm not writing him off at all. Back on good ground, and he'll be a different animal. But Silas Emery is the best of these over hurdles, and I think he needs another run. But he'll put it up to him. But just going back to to the race itself, Lerichburg jumped so well. Mark Walsh never looked worried, but. On a usual year, I'd be seriously cribbing the fact that us and them now has finished twice, uh, has twice been second to him. And you'd say to yourself, you know, that form's not that strong. But just the way the Arkell field is unfolding, Dean, it, you know, he's he's done the most of these and he's favoured for a reason. Okay. And he is favourite, and a lot of people like him for it. I'd be tempted to take him on having had so many runs, but I'm not really sure what I'm entirely basing that on. I'm, I can't wait to see Kalashnikov this weekend, given I know there's qualms about whether that supreme form is up to much. doesn't look yeah, up no, to it, much it, so far, but to run as big as he did at it, festival it was last year, on, on heavy ground and... You know, so I, was, I think yeah. he was found out a little bit round Kempton the last day. On you know, yeah. he he looked a little yeah. bit slow. Um, and I mean, his jumping was cribbed a little bit, but I thought he jumped okay. I thought if he hadn't jumped as well as he did, he your man, um, it was dynamite, dynamite thing beat him of Nichols, wasn't it? Um, would would, would have yeah. beat him even further, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, okay. All right. Well, there was a few that really enhanced their claims. I'm not sure if you get any real enhancements of the claims of the likes of Bells Hill and Road to Respect who won in the Irish Gold Cup, but we did get a brilliant, brilliant finish. Those two horses perhaps are still below a little bit the level of a Gold Cup winner, you think? Um, probably. I thought Ruby was just superb on Bells Hill. I really did. Um, because Road to Respect, he's done everything right, but do you know what you know people say oh it's, you, you need a lot of luck on the day road to respect he just wasn't meeting the fences as well as what Bells Hill was Ruby's horse down the back he was taking a length out of him at, 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 at every fence um, but especially that one the third last Ruby's absolutely winged it and road to respect he kept having to they were just short strides he wasn't jumping badly but he just wasn't winging fences like Bells Hill was um, and at the back of every fence Ruby was just whoa, you know t- t- taking the bit up in, in Bells Hill mouth and you know, the petrol that that puts back in the tank compared to what Sean Flanagan was having to do with the back of every fence, he was having to put his foot on the gas rather than Ruby was doing the opposite, you know. Um, but, you know, down to the last, your man had the revs up to the maximum, Sean Flanagan, and wrote to respect that he's winged it. Ruby was happy to go and pop it because you know, the last thing he wanted to do was another horse on the floor at the last fence at Leopardstown in a big race. He's went, he's let him pop. And, you know, that old horse was fantastic for him because he often A to B as quick as possible. And fair play, he needed plenty of assistance from the back of the last, but he was never going to lack in that department. But I thought it was a great race, great ride. But, yeah, I mean, whether going forward, these are, are, are real sort of um, candidates going to Cheltenham, I, I probably wouldn't be sure. No, and we will th- definitely throw those two names into the mix when we take a look at the Gold Cup anti-post market a little bit later on. Um, I must give a mention to the other grade one there, the Chanel Farmer Novice Hurdle, which was won by Classical Dream with Aramon just touched off in second. Another brilliant finish from the Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, my my one to take out of that is still the third. I thought Vision Donaire just got a little bit tap for toe as they hit the last. It didn't go that quick in that uh, race, No, Demo. and he didn't leave himself down on the ground either. You could see by... 
his knee action. He didn't enjoy that at yeah. all. Uh, festival ground, it won't be any worse than good to soft. He'll, he'll probably be overpriced on the day off the back of that. Uh, the front two are likable horse served up one hell of a finish, but I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be crazy with him going forward. Is there any you want to pick out the, from the rest of the action at Dublin Racing Festival demo or from the weekend in general? Uh, yeah, so Commander Fleet was excellent. Um, I'd love to see him stay over that trip or slightly shorter in the Neptune. I think the 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 way he travelled and the way he stayed on at the end would lend itself beautifully to a Ballymore rather than um, rather than going on for the the Spud race. The Albert Barrett. Really, I I just I wouldn't like I don't like to see any horse in that really, but uh, especially not this one. I think he he's a lovely horse and. If he was to go over that, absolutely in that camp with you there, he's got plenty of toe, hasn't he? I, th- I don't think they really no, need no, to no. stretch he him out at this point. He of his up really nicely, and uh, he stayed on yeah. at the end, which, which you need to do at Cheltenham. And Jack was still very soft on him as well, so he was looking after him. And the other horse then they got a major, a bit of a form boost, and keep shortening his honeysuckle of uh, Henry de Bromhead's Dean, and he didn't even run, uh, or sorry, she didn't even run. Sassy Diva franked her form no end in that mare's handicap. Absolutely, yeah. Sassy Diva. Uh, I think Dunham Euler was, he said after the race, he was at pains not to get there too early, but he nearly overdid it. The, the horse was just well in enough to kind of, to get him away with it. But I thought um, Honeysuckle put her away so well that it's kind of looking like Honeysuckle at 7-2 to two isn't a bad price after all either. No, still might be yeah. a bit of juice in, uh, in Honeysuckle's prices. Paddy, anything you wanted to mention over the weekend at Dublin Race Festival that we didn't cover? Um, it was just one in the handicaps, to be honest. Uh, yeah. You know wh- whether he even goes to Cheltenham, I don't know because he's he's one of JPs. But I thought there was a horse of Paul Nolan's called Monolino. Yeah, uh, ran very well behind Dalla de Picton in that three mile race because they've been running this horse over fences the last oh, eight or nine times. This horse hates jumping fences. He's actually refused on one occasion, but he and he's hardly risen a gallop. And they sent him back over hurdles the other day. And he is now down to a mark of one two nine. Um, yet he gave him seven runs over fences. Now the other day, Slippers rode him, and he was fifty to one. Um, but I just think now he's so well in. If he turns up for something like the Pertemps at um, that 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 race at Cheltenham, yeah. this this is a horse now to me. He just looked back. He much happier back over these smaller obstacles, and off that mark, he really caught the eye the other day because he just got a little bit tired right on top of the line. But um, I thought he ran a blinder now of fifty to one. Okay, that's Monlino. So if they can get that into something at Cheltenham, definitely one to keep in your tracker, perhaps. Uh, there was one other one I wanted to pick out from the two o'clock on Saturday. That was Uridel. Um, Demo, I know you're a fan of this horse. Stayed on really well. And, and you know, unfortunately for each way backers of the horse, it managed to finish fifth. So unless you were getting the extra concession, um, you ain't getting paid. But I think you might get paid next time. Yeah, you'd pick him out ages out. Um, he he, he travels sweetly for Ruby. Just didn't have that finishing kick, but didn't over two miles. And that was, you could kind of expect that, you know. I mean, this is a horse that won that two-mile amateur derby at the Galway races. That's right. Uh, beating Limini that day on, under Aubrey McMahon. And, like, he's just, he's a very good horse. Really, really classy. And the more that he goes about this now and keeps going, he'll go up to two-mile four. I'd imagine for the Coral Cup, he'll squeeze in. He's off 133 now. And uh, you'll get four or five pounds, no doubt, from our friend, the English handicapper. And uh, I think he'll, he'll go very, very close, Dean, in that. And he's 16 to 1 at the moment. And I took it shortly after the race because I think if uh, if that's his definite target, uh, just like their, the owner and trainer had a winner there last year of that race in Blueberry after taking in this race. And 
I think Yordel could well be going down the exact same path. Yep, I'm with you on that. Definitely one of the eye catchers I would have picked out. Um, the other one I thought that ran a very quiet race was Campiador. Um, real quiet race at the Dublin Racing Festival back over hurdles. They have, I think, a handicap mark of £10 lower than their hurdle mark for fences. Now, I know he's not the best jumper, but uh, I think you might see that one pop up at the festival. And like Campiador and those colours often happen, will get pretty much smashed up for whatever event they do target. So keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break now on the race hour brought to you with our friends at gambling.com and, of course, the fellas at Bet Hard. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at some of the best action to come this weekend. And not to forget, of course, we will be doing a anti-post look at the Gold Cup. Check out gambling.com today for up-to-date horse racing trends, betting news and strategy guides. Take advantage of our exclusive bonus offers for the biggest online bookmakers and casinos. At gambling.com, we write daily tipping pieces on the biggest sports. We find the best prices so you don't have to. Make placing a bet easier. Visit gambling.com today. Welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with gambling.com and BetHard. It's me, Dean Ryan, Paddy Aspor and Dermot Nolan. Uh, we've had a look back at last weekend. Let's have a look now towards this weekend. Uh, a fascinating renewal, perhaps maybe not as a punting proposition, but I'll find it from the lads, of the Denman chase. Goes to post at 2.25 on Saturday at Newbury. This trip just short of three miles um, for a horse like Native River who tops this market and his odds on taking on Clanders Oboe. Um, both of them might want a little bit further, ideally. Clanders Ober, of course, a King George winner now. Um, we've got Annabelle Fly, Cooney Gree, Beware the Bear, Thomas Patrick, um, Gold Present, and three other rags to go to war with. Dermo, Native River, won this last year on the way to a Gold Cup success. Um, he's rightly favourite, but Clanders is going to give him a race. Clanders should give him a race. Um, it happens to me sometimes with these horses. I'm not mad about this horse at all, Clanders um, the the King I think he's been all noise and the King George win like that race ended for me when uh, Bristol and I brought down waiting patiently and I think he picked up the pieces afterwards I'm not fully sure as huge a run it was what's actually left in Tisselcrack really at that level and I think Clannis Oboe picked it up later on and look he deserved to win a race like this I I couldn't have him for a gold cup I think I'd lo- I'd much prefer him if he went down the Conti route of taking in the the injury bowl and mm-hmm. um, I definitely wouldn't be going near uh, Clanders Oboe. And I think Nader River, I kind of need to see him win this. I mean, it, the, the run of Christmas was huge. He hated Kempton every second of it. Um, he's too slow a horse for a track like Kempton. And he just stayed and stayed and stayed. And he, he showed that the Betfair run was probably just an anomaly because he kicked on massively then in that race. But it, they're, they're two horses that Nader River needs to prove that he's... He's back to his best. And Clanders Oboe, for me, still needs to prove that he's properly up to this Gold Cup level. So I definitely wouldn't be backing in it, but it's a race that I am really, really looking forward to. I completely agree. Like It's going to be fascinating. This is an opportunity for Clanders Oboe to either rubber stamp what at this point looks like a questionable King George win or to prove that it was and Native River will just run away with this race. Uh, Paddy, is, is that where you are with it? It doesn't look like a punting race to me. No, it's certainly not a punt and race, you would say. But nonetheless, it's going to be a good spectacle. Um, I mean, Native River, he's got such a fantastic course record, hasn't he? And um, I mean, Tandazobo, I would agree with Dermo. I, I really have yet to be sort of convinced by the Kempton performance because, you know, visually it looked, you know, it looked pretty good. But I just don't know if he is actually that sort of class. And he's still only seven-year-old. They've got the exact same marks, these horses. They're both one seven three. Um, But, I mean... 
we know that this is a race that Paul Nichols likes to take in en route to Cheltenham, and it's a it's a Gold Cup winners sort of pathway. Um, he's he, I, I had a count up this morning. He's actually won this race eight times, Paul Nichols. Um, but Clandes Obo, he also knows his way around Newbury. He's two from two at the track. Um, obviously, Native River. The thing about Native River is, you know, we thought maybe he was a bit of a one-trick pony, but he's not, you know. Um, and, like, his record, like I said, is very, very good. Um, it's a tight one to call because... Paul Nichols seemed quite bullish about Clandis Obo because Harry Cobden said straight away, even after he looked like he only ran okay on his comeback run at Haydock, he said that this horse would win the King George, the sort of feel he got off in that day. And, you know, he was he was he was proved right. Um yeah. so he's a horse at home that they've always talked about as being a gold cup horse. Yeah. And he, they've tried him as high as they possibly could on route there. I mean, he wasn't that far behind Mike Byer Aintree, he wasn't that far behind Bristol Demai then at Haydock, and then he's gonna win as King George. We'll get a rubber stamping here or we'll get a black mark next to his name. And I think that's why this race is so fascinating. I'm gonna be completely wild and tell you all that I think Gold Present is a bet at 33 to 1 and bigger which is uh, a bit bizarre he's had a wind up two runs since have not been good enough but he wouldn't have liked the ground the last day I thought last year I know he went a favourite for an old teamer um, which is way below the level of these top two um, so he's a wild shout for me which one was I that think it's still gold present Sorry. for Nicky Henderson yeah. right? Like I've always liked him he went completely off he burst blood vessels now he's had a wind up now he's had two spins back he does love this track I think he might pick up the pieces for a place here especially if one of the top two uh, don't go and perform but you know that's me being wild I do like to be I mean, a bit wild about these races the thing is for the bulk of these you you, you, you get the race up in front of you and you say oh well the, 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 it's going to be a tough task at the weights but you know something's got to pick up the pieces I mean exactly like in this race last year you know there was only three runners when Native River won it last year whereas yeah. I mean I don't know how many we're going to get this year but it's more like a veterans chase to be honest if it, if some of the ones down the bottom turn up I mean because you know the likes of Coney Gray you can't say that Coney Gray now is a is a, is a 160 horse and that's sort of the, the mark Correct. Still, not there is you he? Know, he, yeah. he he's coming you know last Samurai, I do like the horse, but same thing. He's eleven year old, one five one. You know, I just think there's a big, big gap, and some of these horses are going to be quite badly off um, at the weights. You know. Well, if you can get a bit of three places now, I'm going to back Gold Present, and that to me will hold up. I think for the weekend, but let's find out. We will find out indeed. There's really good racing at Newbury on Saturday. The Betfair Exchange chase uh, follows that Denman chase. And uh, I'm delighted actually to see Fox Norton and perhaps Underso take each other on here. And I know Waiting Patiently is in there. Uh, I'll come to Dermo first on Waiting Patiently. If De- Waiting Patiently runs, I'm sure you're expecting it to win, Dermo. But if Fox Norton and Underso run, uh, we've got a proper, proper race there. Far more competitive than what perhaps the Denman chase looks. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this race. Uh, Fox Norton obviously had a decent comeback. Uh, Altior could have beaten him by 400 lengths if he wanted it, but that's that's beside the point. It was his first run for a long time. On the stove, he does turn up. It's soft at the moment, but I was just reading during the week that the, the rain is falling there, so you can end up with heavy ground. If on the stove turns up, he'll more than likely win it. I mean, waiting patiently, absolutely adore this horse. As you know, Dean, I think he's, uh, he's the second coming, but back to two miles uh he's not slow by any means but if he was rocking up against under so i'd just be hoping for a big run in second and just kind of teeing him 
team up nicely for the Ryanair. Um, Ruth Jefferson has obviously done a good job with his horse, but the, the time for talking now with waiting patiently has to come to a close. I mean, their hands are tied with the ground. It's absolutely no doubt, but we need to start seeing waiting patiently a lot more on the racetrack because when we do get to see him, he's a very good animal and I'd love to see him here. But again, this is definitely a watching brief anyway, Dean, because uh, Fox Norton, 8-11, I think he's that price because we know he'll run for sure. But if... Uh, if Undersoul runs, he'll definitely flip prices with, with Fox Norton. Yeah, I think that's why there's that discrepancy there. I mean, Paddy, Undersoul turns up, ground soft. Uh, you don't normally have to look too far elsewhere to find a winner of a race like this. No, certainly. And um, I mean, he has withstood very little racing, hasn't he, the last couple of years? But nonetheless, I mean, his, his record, he's 12 from 19 over fences. I mean, he's not the highest rated here. I mean, way impatiently is actually 170. Um, and really, without the, the King George blip, he's still unbeaten, waiting patiently. You uh, know? Yeah, I know. Um, yep. And the thing is, it just depends what's going to turn up here because, you know, we've seen Gino Trail and Dolos, they ran at the weekend. So, and you know, especially Gino Trail, he's a real front runner, uh, trailblazer, you know, doesn't have an easy race. So the likes of them horses, you don't know whether they're going to turn up. But, you know, Darabin, horses like that, that would take them along at a good gallop here, which, you know, I think will really suit weight and patiently. Um, you know, that's what everybody has had to do with this horse because but you can see by, by Brian Hughes' body language, he was absolutely devastated with what happened in, in, in the King George because, you know, they really do think that this horse is a proper bit of kit, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're so unlucky, aren't they? Because they waited so long for the for the comeback and then they just get absolutely no luck. They deserve some. So even a clear round here at a trip that's going to be short of what waiting patiently will want, we'll just put them back on track. And then I think they're going to have to turn up for a Ryanair, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a cracking race. I, I think it really does depend on what does turn up. We think the top three could all run, which would be Fox Norton and so and wait impatiently. And then I would imagine and so probably go a favourite. So if you take your chances on the weather, take the chance on Willie Mullins putting them on the boat. He's five to two at the moment. The next race on that card is the Betfair Hurdle. Um, there's always a few handicap blots and snips and things in here. I think there's a couple that we might talk about. Our dancer, who's done everything right this season for Nigel Twiston Davis, is top of that market. Paddy, I'll start with you here. Um, I think we know pretty much that, you know, the top 10 or 12 here are definitely turning up. There might be a few others to um, make a decision yet, but we're going to have a very competitive renewal of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, you just re- you can't help but love this horse. Uh, he's so likeable. It's I, mean, I was looking through his form this morning. It's it's strange, you know, because he's three and three over hurdles. They put the hood on him. Um, they put the hood on him. I think in the in the entry bumper last year was it? Yeah, they put and it looked to me like he didn't really face it because he didn't travel. He was never featured, but he flew home, finished fourth in the, in in the entry bumper. Um, and then this year uh, at Carlisle and Foss last, no hood, and he's won. And then they put the hood back on at Cheltenham the last day. Um, and, you know, he absolutely bolted up in, in, in a handicap with 11-4. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether they retained that again. I didn't see why off the back of Foss last, where he beat a horse of Evan Williams's, who was making his race course debut. He was like 100 to 1 shot or something. But that horse has come out and won since quite nicely at Chepstow, present value. Um, so their form is rock solid. And I think at one four one. Uh, do you know the, like he could be an absolute snip this Al Dancer 
He could well be. I mean, you have to be taken by him. And I think the only thing that, you know, when you come to look at a race like this, you just see him at the top of the market in seven or two. And then you look at the rest of the field and go, I've got to find some value here. Dermo, I mean, is that what you're doing with the race? Yeah, definitely. Um, Aldancer, yeah, again, as nice as he is, it's it's too short a price. I mean, the the one that, that jumps out straight away at you is just from the money point of view is the, obviously, the green and gold of McManus and Countess there, who was part of that uh, that woeful race behind Lorena. Uh, she runs in here of 133, 133. She's been continuously back. She's now 10 to 1 for this. And you can see bits of form there. I mean, when she won at Doncaster back in, in 2017, in December, her third last run, Clondagh Castle and the Rasher Counter were behind her. Um, Clondagh Castle, he won off over hurdles of 129, whilst um, the Rasher Counter was running of 139. And she laughed at them that day, absolutely laughed at them. So you could see that there's there's obviously massive raw potential there with with her. But the one that I'm very keen on for this scene is, um, is Lisp. I think uh, the form that he carries this season, I mean, he won, first of all, at, at Fontwell, run really well, then came out the next time and was second behind Global Citizen. Global Citizen ran one that day, of 140 is now rated 159. Um, Lisp has only gone up eight pounds in the meantime, and in between that was second to Mohayed. In that race, you had you'd Western Rider behind in the Global Citizen race. Bally Moy was behind him that day. He's only five years old. Alan King. This looks to have been a bit of a target. He's running well all season, and Lisp just looks like one of those horses who's been continuing all season, has kind of found his feet now in these handicaps. And when you consider the fact that was so close to Global Citizen, only two lengths behind, that horse has gone up 19 pounds now and won the new one hurdle. Then I can't see any reason why Lisp off um, 144 can't be going close as well, then. Yeah, it does look what, like one of those horses that Alan King does so well with and keep them competitive in these in these big handicaps. They'll definitely have something on the cards at Cheltenham as well after this. Um, I thought that, you know, did they leave you alto, out to, I should say, um, for Nick Gifford, they didn't really let the side down that badly against Mr. Fisher. I wonder whether they've had eyes on this race, like they have same connections with Countista and they're going to have two solid darts here. I'm really a big fan of Thomas Darby did they leave you out to it was uh, Victor over Thomas Darby at Ascot the time before it ran behind Mr. Fisher. That one's at double figures off one, three, nine. I can't imagine that's anywhere near its full potential mark. So I think they've got a chance and with Countista and Lisp and a very strong favorite, um, I wouldn't be surprised if we found the winner in there. Don't forget, Paul Nichols has got getaway Trump in the mix. That's off one four two. Monster Lecoq has done everything right for Jane Williams and Lizzie Kelly so far. It's ultra, ultra competitive. Paddy, I'm going to give you the final word on the race. Do you need to look further than our dancer? We, I think we can assume he's also well handicapped, but the price is also well Yeah, the, he's not major value, is he? But I just think, you know, he's been so impressive. Um, he's going to have a lovely race and weight. He's very ground versatile. Um, he really isn't representing fantastic value, but it's just so hard to knock him. Um, his stablemate, um, he's two from two around the track, Bally Andy, but he's got plenty of weight. But you know, he really did come back to form last time, and there was a couple of others in there. You know, getaway Trump, I thought went with choke out the last time, but it was a pretty decent run. Um, and he is low mileage over hurdles, and the one that you mentioned for the Kelly team, uh, Michel Cock. Yeah, Lizzie and Jane Williams, yeah. Monsieur Lecoq. I mean, that could be anything. We really don't know what we're exactly. dealing with. Exactly, and the thing is, 
he just goes about it. He's gone about his job quietly, this horse. And I mean, he is, if she takes the three off, you know, he's going to run here off a mark of 129. He's going to have a lovely race and weight. Um, I think they've done quite well with this horse. And he's probably on the improve. This will, this will be his biggest, biggest ask by miles to date. But you just wouldn't know. There'd be, there'd be certainly a bit more value to be had there with the likes of him anyway. Sure, exactly. I think, Paddy, I can tell you're quite strong in the favourite. I know Dermo likes lists, but I'd probably give the two JP McManus horses a shout, and I'd definitely favour Nick Gifford's charge. Um, they'd be where we go for what looks a massively competitive Betfair hurdle. A quick mention about Warwick, because you know we were talking about some Arkle horses earlier on, like Sir uh, I'm delighted to see Amy Murphy get Kalashnikov, what looks to be a win under his belt before Cheltenham Festival. He'll go in the Kingmaker at Warwick at five past two. Uh, question mark about his jumping demo raised. Paddy, have you seen that in Kalashnikov? Maybe you think perhaps he's getting found out I a little bit. I thought he's fenced okay. I just think he needs he needs more experience because I just always I was a bit worried about the sort of quotes that Amy Murphy kept coming out about him saying that, oh, he likes to come off from outside the wings. And I was thinking, well, that's not really the type of trait you want now, to be honest. It's all right coming up outside the wings, <laughs> but you know, he's a great, he's a great big giant of a horse. And you know, it's all right coming up outside the wings, but you've got to have a, a few more tools in your kit than that, because you know, you're, you're going to get found out. Like I mentioned about that horse around Leopardstown at the weekend. Um, you know, whereas that's right. I actually thought at, at um, round Kempton in the last day, like I said, because he's fenced actually okay. I mean, your man was absolutely poking the head off and turning in, uh, Jack Quinnan. And I thought, this thing's going to get lapped here. But he's actually kept going okay because his jumping kept him competitive. Um, but I do think he was found out a little bit and was made to look a little bit one-paced, um, albeit in, in, in behind a horse for me who's, who's, who's having a hell of a season. Yeah, indeed. I mean, that's, there's no there's no real disgrace to getting turned over by Dynamite Dollars at Kempton when you are a size and as scopy as a horse like Kanashnikov is, Dermo. Uh, yeah, I again, he's uh, another one of these horses that I've never been overly enamoured with him. I, I don't think he jumps like an Arkan horse. Just compared to the way he, he, he pings his fences compared to the likes of Larishberg even, um, and that's experience, obviously, but just he just doesn't seem... I, I would have much preferred him now if he was campaigning towards a JLT where he just has a little bit more time going over his fences because, to me, he just doesn't look a complete natural. And to be honest, I think Articulum's going to give him a race. Uh, Terence O'Brien's... I've, I've backed him each way for this, and like this was a horse who was, who was just over seven lengths behind... Behind Gettabird, who I think overall, whilst uh, he blew up at the Supreme last year, I think he's a much better horse than, than Klashnikov is. And then, you know, beat Campador last time, who probably had the handbrake firmly on, but but still jumped really well and travelled really quickly. Very interested that Terence O'Brien brings Articulum over. And I'm just, I just don't like Klashnikov all that much, to be honest. And I think, um, I think Articulum might do over. Okay. Well, we're going to find out. What I like about this is that because Kalashnikov is like to go off, say, a two to one on favourite, isn't going to get a chance to see him jump again, and at which point probably still get the same price about for the Arkle if I do want to wade in. And I kind of feel like I do, but I'm going to be allowed to see him jump again. So I'm going to let that happen. And then we'll see how where Kalashnikov stands in the pecking order uh, after this. It's time to give us uh, perhaps something else for the weekend. I'm going to go to the demo first and your nap. So demo, anything else? And then give us your best bet of the weekend ahead. Yeah, so my best bet, first of all, is um, is Lisp. I think uh, 
in the Betfair will go all out there on prices, Dean. And then uh, there's a horse, uh, Robert Tyner's yard is absolutely flying this season. Uh, and there's a horse that he has entered in the 320 at Nace on Saturday called uh, called Fairly Legal. Now, there's horses running for this yard that, that haven't been running well over the last few years and they've been turned inside out and Fairly Legal could well be another one of them. He's been given some crazy tasks in his career to date over fences behind the likes of Sutton Place and Invitation Only. But if you go back to his hurdling days, you know, he was he was three lengths behind Total Recall, Beat Call It Magic, is rated 123 over hurdles, and he'll run off 107 on Saturday um, at Nace. The yard going so well. A few of the McManus horses from the yard are winning and uh, fairly legal in that uh, 320 at Nace Dean might just be an old springer. Sounds like it will be now that you've given it the talk up. That's off some mark. Okay, that yard are going very, very well. So, all right, fairly legal 320 at Nace demo. So we'll throw that one into the mixed lisp for you in that Betfair hurdle. I've got one in the Betfair hurdle as well, as we were just talking about. But Paddy, it's your turn. Uh, best bet of the weekend, please. Um, I think the, the horse of Paul Nichols, is if he turns up in the listed bumper at Newbury on Saturday, I think he's a proper, absolute beast, this Asford Laurie. Um, he won... At Chepstow, the last day, Sam Twiston rode him. I was rode about sort of um, Welsh national time, but he absolutely tore him apart, made all the running. Um, and I've never seen a horse finish as fresh. I know it wasn't your typical sort of Welsh national ground, but still, just a performance he put in, um, you know, because he won his point in Ireland by 10 lengths. Um, and then, obviously... He's bolted up a chip store and he's another one of these fame and glory um, um, horses that, you know, are really, really starting to do well because there's another one in the race of Tom Lacey's called Glory of Fortune by fame and glory. Now, this horse was very impressive as well at Cheltenham. He's a real, real good looking horse, but... I'm worried a little bit about the form of the Tom Lacey team. They've just quietened down the last sort of month or so. Um, he certainly isn't having the same ratio of winners as, as, as what he was sort of maybe around Christmas time or, or, or there, thereabout. But this glory and fortune is a fair horse. But I think the horse at the top, as for glory, this is, he, he is a, a real, real good sort. Okay. That's excellent. Ask for glory then in that bumper at Newbury for Paul Nichols in probably what will turn out to be a very informative event. Uh, I'm going to throw a, well, a little spanner into the works for Dermo's Lisp and go with Did They Leave You Out Too for that Betfair hurdle. And also I'm going to suggest a small wager as an each way double with gold present in the Denman chase. So if I pull that off, obviously I'm celebrating a four to nine winning that last weekend. Um, I'll be in a good spot for to catch up on this next week. Okay, we are going to move on to what we promised, which was a gold cup anti-post look at the market. Uh, for the big race, the Friday of the Chantler Festival, of course. We have talked about presenting Percy on this podcast. Of course, we saw it come back and win the Goldmoy hurdle at Gorham Park. We've got Native River to come out this weekend along with Clanders Oboe. We saw Bells Hill go and win an Irish Gold Cup. Uh, Kenboy, they've decided they're going straight to the Cheltenham Festival, will not be seen again. That means it'll be 77 days between that one's last win, which was an impressive win. Another race that also Paddy talked about how David Mullins was able to give him what we consider a brilliant ride, but also in the in the 
in the view that Willie Mullins probably wouldn't have given him a hard time if it went wrong. It went right. So Kenboy's in a really good position there. Album photo, they skipped the weekend. Road to respect, we've seen. Thistle crap, we've also seen in the King George and running somewhere near his best. Then we get to Frodon. Then we get to Mike Bite, who, well, this time last year was favourite for the Gold Cup. Uh, and then we get to the likes of Size and John. This race could be unbelievable, but is presenting Percy the star that they all have to be. I go to Paddy first. Um, I suppose Pat Kelly is just seems such a genius at producing the horse um you know he, he doesn't he doesn't take many shots at the target with him um he keeps things to a minimum i mean have they said about where they're going to go next are they going to go back to to uh for the red mills chase I think they do the, yeah i think they'll do the two mile four race at goran park and same prep as last year worked for them seems to make sense that's what they'll do so one more yeah, round. I mean, look, he's round about fours. He's not terrific value, is he, when you know, you've got Native River in there sort of between six and seven. Um, but nonetheless, it's just the thing about this horse is it's just his festival record is so good. Um, it really is, you know, and it just seems, like I said, that um, his trainer produces him literally down to the minute. So it's it's hard to look past him. Um you know, it's 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 he's obviously not been the easiest to keep right, but you know, nonetheless, he is low mileage and just his overall profile is very very good. And you couldn't help but be pleased with what we seen the other day. I know it's over hurdles, but still, it's the same route as what he took last year. And um, you know, although he, he he didn't go and win by six seven lengths, he's 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 not going to get older without getting wiser. So he's only going to do the required amount. But I'm sure that Pat Kelly was chuffed a bit with him. They had to be. And he looked like to have his ears pricked as well, even when, you know, the race still needed to be put to bed. And I think that was still in him. So David Russell couldn't hide his excitement. Dermo, are you excited? Oh, massively. Um, I've kind of, I've taken him on so many times now, Dean, and lost that I've kind of bowed my head to him. And he's a fantastic horse. He, he probably should never have been in a pretense in the first place. He probably should have been going for Albert Bartlett's or, or whatever else. But he's, uh, he's, a tremendous horse. Uh, the way he won last time only uh, only bodes even better for, towards a Gold Cup picture. Really, just he showed that he's alive, firstly, and that he stays and stays and stays. And he jumps the fence beautifully. When we'll see him again, he could probably drop back and trip if he wanted him to. He just ticks all the boxes, and um, he definitely is the one to beat. He's versatile. He loves Cheltenham. He's got a great record there. He's trained by what seems to be a genius with only a small group of horses. There's very little you would imagine that can go wrong. So Touchwood presenting Percy turns up. We'll go our favourite for the race. I don't think we're going to see anything from Native River or Clandazobo this weekend that's going to make any difference to presenting Percy's position in the market. I can't see them usurping him for favourite. Um, let's talk about Kenboy, because Kenboy we're not going to see again. I think we know what we know about him, and that's the way it's going to stay. Demo, Kenboy, a player in this race? I mean, if we're not going to put presenting Percy up from a value perspective, where are you going to go? Uh, yes, yeah, so just the next few in the market. Uh, Road to Respect and Bells Hill, as brilliant a finish as that was, I think Road to Respect, he's a year older now, absolutely no doubt, but he's not a Gold Cup horse, and as as Bells Hill isn't either. They're both lovely horses who will pay their way for, for connections. Uh, Tissel Crack, I'm not sure how much is left in him. I'm happy enough to kind of forget about him as well, to be honest. Uh, in regards to this race, I think it was just great to see him back to some bit near his best, but um, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think he's up to this. Uh, if the rain starts to fall, well, then you'd bring Native River back into it. And when you go on to Kemboy, then I'm just not sure how much of that performance was down to 
that move by David Mullins or like he could be very good but I'm just again like, he kind of falls into the Clandazobo camp for me in that those races at Christmas the, the King George and the old Lexus or the Savile Chase I believe it's called now is um, we don't know where we stand with these horses and like where were they in these big novice races and you know are like have they just taken these big big races because either horses didn't run or didn't fire and I firmly believe that that is the answer with them and if if they win the Gold Cup, I'll hold my hands up and say, fair enough. But again, Kenboy, I just can't have him. And the one at the bigger odds, Dean, that I, I do believe is a lot, is the best of the Mullins Brigade. And I think Presenti Percy would have beaten him last year in the RSA, but he wasn't, he was far from finished. And a lot of people keep saying that he was done at the second last. I agree with what Stephen Cass said last week. He wasn't, uh, you know, Ruby kind of just soaked him up into the race and he met that second last fence wrong. A lot of horses meet that fence completely wrong. Like that's that's why they're redoing the fence now going into Cheltenham. Like he showed this year again how talented he is when he puts it all together. Uh, when he won the Savas Chase at Tremor, beating Invitation only now for the Zopo, who both went on and obviously fought out the Taisi's Chase. And then you had Total Recall in third, who Album Photo actually had to give him £10 that day. After that, then, I mean, last season he won the Grade 1 Reiner Gold Cup at at Ferry House and was obviously going to win at Punchestown when uh, when Paul Townend decided that he was going to run out. So the each way alternative I have here is Alvin Foda, who I'm very keen on, but uh, I think he'd be chasing home, presenting Persity. Yep. Okay. Uh, I think there's plenty of there's plenty of juice in that price around 16s for yeah. Cheltenham Gold Cup is Albion photo and has done nothing wrong on route there considering you know a last fence blip in a Punchestown Gold Cup is aside nothing to do with him um, it's going to be he's a, definitely a live contender Paddy I'm going to let you pick your way through the field try and find us a bit of each way value if we can't all back Percy right now yeah I think that album photo he just deserves a change of look more than anything to be honest because he is a very high class horse and I think if things were to drop into his lap a little bit you know he could he could be a live contender this horse and he probably represents a bit of value I mean we've just got so many of this field here you know that I've got Ryanair entries as well so you just don't know where they're going to go I mean obviously Kenboy's got Ryanair entry um even the other horse uh, but you'd imagine all me they're going to go there with road respect. But two way per me who who won the that that pretty competitive chase, yeah, around Turles the other day. I mean, this horse all he does is stay. I mean, he nearly got beat around Turles the other day because he just is a little bit. I won't say slow, but he takes a bit of stoking, and he only just got there on the line. But um, one thing about him is he fences well. He's very very tough, and I mean, he's won a Tri Town. Um, you know, he just looks very, very game. And, and, and I think if it turned up, although the ground at Turles wasn't actually that bad, I think if it got testing, um, but same thing, he's got a Ryanair entry and you'd imagine they're, they'd be looking at road to I'd respect. imagine they're looking at Gold Cup next year with that horse. Yeah, maybe they? so. They've got... Maybe they'd see a small field opportunity and go for something like a Gold Cup, but I just think they're probably aiming that way. He looks a type. We need new ones to come through. Um, he could be a type. I mean, if, would you be an album photo man then if we couldn't back Percy. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, there's great value to be had there, um, you know, because really... 
for me, you, you couldn't have road to respect uh, and the likes in, in, in front of him in the betting, really. Um, I think Album Foro is, is, is a much better horse. Um, you know, even the likes of Tissacrack there, I mean, he's roundabout sort of similar price. But, he is, yeah. you know, he's he's looking at the minute for me. But like I said, it's all it's all down to him having a bit of luck. And he seems to have had nothing but generally bad luck. But I think presenting Percy, because of his Cheltenham profile, he he's just short enough. That's your only thing. But I just yeah. think he, he he's, he's he's got a master trainer. He really has, you know, he knows his way so well around the place. Um, he, he's difficult to look past. So you've got to you've got to you've got to look for a bit of value there. And I, I would agree with Dermo. I think there's not a bad shout at all with 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 Album Photo. Okay, I want to throw two more horses into the mix of discussion because Elegant Escape ran. Um, some people would say blotted his copybook behind Froden at Cheltenham last time. I thought he was only getting going at the end, and there's a bit further to go in a Gold Cup. I don't think at twenty-five to one he's properly estimated in this market just yet. You have to remember he was gambled off the boards to win a, a Welsh National and went and did it almost on the bride. It was massively impressive. And the other one is Mike Bite. Mike Bite favourite for this race at this time last year. Um, obviously got beat by Native River. If they get they're going to do his wind if they get him there in any kind of similar shape. He's massively overpriced at twenty to one, Paddy. Yeah, I'd agree with you about the the Tizard horse, especially uh, Dino, because but do you know what he done that? Did he do it? Was it the RSA he ran in last year? Um, yeah, you know, same same thing. He just gets done for a bit of boot at a real vital part of the race. Um, same as your day because there was no horse in that race, even Frodon. There was no horse going to the line stronger than the Tizard horse. Um, you know, he just lacks that mid-race, just that bit of pace to hold his position, his winning position. Uh, he just loses that and, and the business end just gets away from him because uh, he's all about jumping and staying this horse. But same thing again, as we mentioned about the, the two epermi of, of no meat. They've got time on yeah. their side with this horse, but, um, you know, I think he's got a real, real big one in him. Um, but whether he is just maybe you'd say experienced enough to 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 um to win a big one this year i don't know but i, I and a bit of tactical speed missing maybe from tactical, what you get that's normally word, in, yeah. in a gold cup horse i i can i can understand that maybe maybe that 25s isn't that overestimating then on that basis is a very fair point where do you stand on a, on a might bite he's he ran we've seen him he didn't run up to his normal level, nowhere near it. And now they've gone for the wind. He didn't run between the King George and the Gold Cup last year. So the break, I don't think any issue. The issue is going to be whether this wind up works and what shape they're getting back in. Yeah, but he, he's just desperately underperformed, hasn't he? And, you know, he, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's re, you know, you can always forgive a horse, a bad one, but you've got to forgive him two awful ones now. And he's just, I don't know, the wheels have come off for me. And, you know, I always like to, to see... You know, even if a horse finish doesn't finish in the money, you like to see something at some part part of a race where you could say, well, you know, he's done okay up until here, or maybe he didn't travel, but he actually finished off okay. With might bite, uh, he's not really give us anything to, to sort of clutch onto. So for me, I'd, I'd really be ready to pass him over at the minute. Big task ahead. Okay, so demo album photo final shout. Yeah, uh, just on elegant escape, I think. If you're going to back Elegant Escape at 25, the horse with a similar profile who's going to be staying all day as well. And you actually get 40s about him. His invitation only. Um, yeah. He won't be stopping at all at the line. I wouldn't be shocked to see him place kind of like Manella Rocco did a few years ago. But I think the likes of Invitation Only and Elegant Escape will be the two horses that will kick on for the likes 
of a grand national, really. Um, Fair enough. I don't think we've let anything else out. And my fight, unfortunately, Dean, I just think he's gone at the game. Uh, I really do. But the, I just think he's he's kind of done a Sam Spinner on it. I, I think he's he was always a bit of a mad bastard, and we love that about him. But I think he's kind of boiled over a small bit. Um, album photo, yeah, Dean, just he's the one for me each way at 14. I think he's a touch of class. He'd be much shorter in the betting now if those two bits of bad luck didn't happen to him at the Cheltenham and Punchestown festivals. Had a brilliant performance last time. Unfortunately, couldn't run on Sunday because of the ground. They might get another run into him. If they don't, it wouldn't overly worry me. And I think he's a, he's a horse going forward to without run that price anyway. Okay. We all like album photo, I think. Uh, we all like presenting Percy too, but album photo 16s and presenting is in there at three to one favour. I think that tells you where you might be having a little nibble at the Gold Cup market right now. You've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with gambling.com and also our friends at BetHard. Thank you very much, Paddy Asport and, um, and Nolan. We will do this all again next week, of course. <laughs>